She writes for The Guardian and she's also the author of another bestseller, QAnon, and on and on and on. The wonderful Van Badham. Good morning to you, Van. Good morning, Marcus Paul. How are you, darling? I'm not too bad at all. Where do we find you this morning in the state of Victoria or are you back up here in New South Wales? I'm in Sydney, but there are strong rumours I will be returning to beautiful Victoria later today. Woohoo! Nice, nice to hear. All right, now, you would have seen uh, with interest the 60 Minutes report late on Sunday uh, talking again about the QAnon folk, those strange individuals that, uh, I don't know, are one stroke away from the cuckoo's nest. Well, I've got to say, I was pretty angry about the the sort of conspiratorial octopus. I mean, it, what in these? Well, I've been calling them the anti-something. Mm. They're anti-lockdown, but lockdowns are over, um, and they're anti-vaccination, except vaccinations have won. Um, the overwhelming <laughs> majority of Australians are vaccinated and want to be vaccinated because yeah. everybody wants to go back to their lives. Mm. And, of course, we had those people attack the town of Ballarat on yeah. the weekend. And I just want to put this in context, everybody. The The last weekend in Bar- Ballarat is an event called is based around an event called Eureka Day. And Ballarat's a, a country town. Like, it has these rituals uh, in the calendar of the year and Eureka Day obviously celebrates the Eureka Stockade and Peter Lawler and, you know, the the demand for democracy that was made by the the strikers in in Ballarat all those years ago. And Eureka Day is one of the biggest trading days of the year. Small businesses put on sales and there are people in the streets and all these activities and events. And the anti-something protesters came to Ballarat. They're not from there. They bust in. Craig Kelly and his pals bust in. You you QAnon people, you anti-vax people, you know, you're suspiciously friendly with the far-right people. Mm. Came to Ballarat and it meant all of those businesses who have had such a hard couple of years lost their big trading day of the year because they had to shut their doors because the situation was unsafe. These out-of-towners had, you know, overcome the town, and people were furious. And I want to put this into context. The people of Ballarat are more more than 95% vaccinated. Of course they more are. Than. And it's just this, this extremist movement, these radicals, they don't care about what happens to businesses. They don't care about what's happening with families who are trying to enjoy fun days out after two years of homeschooling and, and being in lockdown. Yeah. They don't care. They're just they're troublemakers. Mm. They're narcissists. They want to have their own street parties wherever they have them. And to be associated with that movement is just shameful. Well, uh, George Christensen, uh, I'm surprised he wasn't there. No, he's probably too busy chatting away to Alex Jones. Um, but Barnaby Joyce is nowhere to be found in reprimanding this bloke. Uh, look, as soon as we throw the trash out, the sooner we throw the trash out, the better, Van. Yep, yep, absolutely. Like, enough is enough. You know, the fact that the Liberals and Nationals haven't taken a strong stand against this rabble, and they are a rabble. If you don't believe me, go on the internet, have a look. 
Read your book. (laughs) Read your book. It's got it all in there. Just want to play you a little bit of audio and then get your thoughts. You have uh, domiciled a fair bit in the last 12 months in New South Wales, of course, here in Sydney town. So you're well on top of what's been going on with a a former Premier standing aside because of the Independent Commission Against Corruption. But that hasn't stopped a Prime Minister from endorsing her for a federal tilt of politics in the seat of Warringah. is is a pile-on. And, you know, we're all pretty used to pylons on our side of politics. I see them all the time. We've got thick skins. We know how to deal with it. And Gladys certainly knows how to. She's a person I've always found to be of great integrity. And if she wants to have a crack at Warringah for the Liberal Party, I suspect the people in Warringah would welcome that. All right, so apart from playing the victim and, and banging on the door of Channel 9 saying, oh, you've got to treat me a lot more fairly, what do you make of all of this from Scott Morrison? Oh. I almost I got a thousand death threats from fascists last week, and Scott Morrison was in the papers complaining <laughs> that Channel Nine was mean to him. <laughs> like, absolutely, what a weak man! But this business about Gladys Berejiklian, can we just let's just review the tape? She voluntarily resigned as Premier of New South Wales. No one made her do it. No one, no, there was no one turned up. No goon squad turned up at the door demanding her resignation. She voluntarily resigned. Yeah. She is being investigated by an independent, independent corruption inquiry. Like this is, you know, Gladys Berejiklian is is no is no one's victim here. She was a premier, the most powerful state official in New South Wales, the largest state in the country, and she voluntarily resigned because of the allegations she was facing, clearly thinking that her political career was unrecoverable on the basis of the situation she found herself in. And let's just absorb that. You know, there are people who make allegations against politicians all the time, um, and those politicians don't voluntarily resign. They don't step away from the most powerful job the one that they have campaigned over decades to hold. Even if they are a federal attorney general. Oh, it is. Yeah, exactly. You know, and he's finally not contesting elections again. But, yeah, I mean, that's a really good comparison. You know, fought it in court, fought the allegations and the rest of it. That's not what Gladys Berejiklian did. But I just I want to put this in context and just give people a bit of a political clue about why Morrison might be making these statements and why this might be happening. There are a group of people who probably would traditionally be considered to be um, aligned with the Liberal side of politics who are very, very frustrated with inaction on climate change and see that Australia is losing business and profit-making opportunities from the fact that, for whatever reason, the Morrison government is is just not taking the climate threat seriously and not investing or committing to climate action. And a lot of money is going behind independent campaigns in seats like um, uh, Wentworth, where Dave Sharma is, and North Sydney, where uh, Transimmon is, and those seats in Victoria that are held by Katie Allen and Josh Frydenberg. A lot of money. There was another announcement today, another $500,000 was kicked into the pot of this independence campaign. Now, you can see that the fact that Zali Stegall was sort of like the test project for that movement in the seat of Warringah at the last election, and a lot of money went behind the Zali Stegall campaign, and she won. Mm. So it's not beyond the realms of possibility that Morrison talking about, you know, running Gladys Berejiklian and all of her name recognition in Warringah... He wants to win the seat. Yeah. ...staring the independent campaign right. to concentrate their resources 
to defend Zali as opposed mm. to extend out into other electorates. I mean, that's entirely possible. Okay. Politics is a bloody dirty game. It and is. Scott Morrison is very good at playing it. All right. I've got to go, Van. The news is on its way. Thank you again. We'll chat again next week. Appreciate it. You are the best, Marcus. Bye.